Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When Jesus came, all you saw was two leaders of bands of men that came and they died and everything went to nothing. To Peter and the apostles, did they have a leader that died? Did they? Yeah, who was that? Jesus. But there's one difference. Three days later, he rose. And then Jesus said this, the gates of hell will never defeat the church. In Jesus' day, there were other leaders that had risen up and had tried to lead revolts against the Roman authorities. But in the end, the leader died and the effort came to nothing. Could the disciples of Jesus have been worried that the church would come to nothing? After all, Jesus died. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminds us, as Jesus reminded them, of his promise that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. They need not be concerned. And we need not be concerned because we have Jesus' promise that he's protecting his church. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues his message entitled, Why Church? Celebrate and live the fulfilling lifestyle. Turn back to the book of Ephesians. Oh, maybe 10 or 12 books back. Ephesians chapter 4. The second key says this. God is at work in your life 24-7. Live like it. Live like it. I can celebrate this morning because God's always with me now. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit and I can live like God. You're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. In Ephesians 4, look down, scoot on down to verse 22. Paul says this. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. In other words, before I became a Christian, I lived differently. I had different ideas. He said, you were taught to put off your old self, your old sinful self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And then Paul says, don't live like you used to live. But be made new in the attitude of your mind. Start thinking different. You're not an unbeliever anymore. You're a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus. And with that, put off your old self, but put on your new self, which was created to be, circle this, like God. So the new life that I'm to live 24-7 is to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In fact... Paul says this, look at Romans 13, 12, you see it on the overhead. Paul says, get rid of your evil deeds, shed them like dirty clothes, clothe yourself 
with the armor of right living. Let me give you some illustrations. When you became a Christian, you were given a, symbolically, a new suit of clothes. You took off your old lifestyle, your old sinful clothes, and God gave you a new one. Let me show you how that looks. Before you and I became Christians, the Bible in Ephesians chapter 2 says, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I have a sin nature. It doesn't do what God wants. In fact, it does what I want. And so the Bible says, before I became a Christian, I was dressed in my old self. This old self uh, was a miserable life, really, because it represented dead ends. Before I became a Christian, just like you, when I ruled my own life, it was a pretty miserable lifestyle. Oh, I partied, but I didn't really know how to party. And as Solomon tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, everywhere I went, it was a dead end. It was miserable. It just didn't make sense. And so Paul says, if you're going to become a Christian, when you become a Christian, notice, you don't add this to this lifestyle. That's why people think, that's why people who are here, Jesus said to them, oh, careful, 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 careful. You, you think you're going to go to heaven? I don't even know you. So when I became a Christian, when you accepted the Lord, whether by Billy Graham, maybe you watched at home and, and whatever, wherever you've been and you've asked Christ to come in your heart, what Paul says is we take off this old man with the sin nature. That's not who I am anymore. All things are passed away and all things have become new. With my mind thinking different and I'm being transformed to be like God. Paul says, put off the old, shed the dirty clothes, and clothe yourself with right living. It's 24-7. So see if you think this makes sense. It's Monday morning, and I get up, and I go, you know what? I'm going to have to address my boss today. He's been a little mad at me. I'm not going to really be acting like a Christian, but, and you know what? I'm going to have to deal with my wife. She's not been too good either. So I'm going to put the old me on. A little bitterness, a little anger. Hallelujah. And when I want to be bad? You know, the Bible speaks about this. An unstable man, lost. You can't can't live in two worlds. This is not what Paul's talking about. So when I became a Christian, when I became a Christian... I didn't put on Christ over my old lifestyle. Well, that's my temperament. That's my genes. That's just who I am. (laughs) No, you're wrong. And that's the problem with Christianity. By the way, if you try to live a lifestyle like this, you'll, listen, you'll never celebrate life. Because you're miserable. Because you're always practicing who you're not supposed to be. So when I came to Christ, I took off this stuff and I put on Christ. In the next few verses, we're going to read what the old Mark Balmer looked like. We're going to read it together. And at the end of those verses, we're going to take about 30 seconds to ask God to forgive us. Because as I read these verses, there'll be something that will pop out at you. See, we're not perfect. We're in that process of becoming like Jesus. So there's times and time that I have to confront sin in my life. Let's read them. Let the Spirit speak to all of us. Verse 25. Since I've 
been put on this new self. Look at, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor for all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. In other words, maybe you lost it with your spouse this week. Maybe you talked to them in a terrible way. And you, this, verse 26, is about going to bed without asking forgiveness. Why should I? Why do I have to do it? Because I'll give the devil a foothold in my life. Look at verse 28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Notice, that isn't just somebody about taking something from work. That's the person who calls themselves a Christian who doesn't really work at work. Well, Pastor Mike, they don't pay me what I need to be paid, and I'm, being just, I'm able to really do what I need to do. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. You're supposed to be 100% at work. Doing something useful with his own hands, and he may have something to share with those in need. Now look at verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful to the building up of others. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander and along with every form of malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Well, Pastor Mark, I can't forgive that person for what they did. Really? Who forgave you? Jesus. Chapter 5, verse 1, follow God's example in everything you do. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? I can't live like that. No wonder I don't celebrate. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. God is at work in you. Look at what Paul writes. You see it, Philippians 2.13. This is my salvation as a Christian. See, when you read this next verse, No more excuses. Well, Pastor Mark, I'd like to, but I don't have the ability to. Or I really don't have the desire to live like that. Wrong. Look what Paul says. For God is working in you, if you're a believer, for God is working in you, giving you the desire to build people up and not tear them down. Giving you the desire to be peaceful, not a stirring up person, always stirring trouble. You're super spiritual. You're going to get the rest of the world straight. What is that? It's ugly pride. Giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do it. You know, I'd like to be able to take a football and throw that sucker from the 20-yard line into the end zone of the other team and hit the guy full speed. I have that desire. Maybe in heaven, because I don't have the power to do it. We already learned that God lives in me, and he lives in you. So he gives me the desire, and he gives me the power. And that's why, listen, that's why I can celebrate, because it's happening. Next, number three. As I begin to walk the talk, it shows that true belief in conversion leads to a changed lifestyle. There's something different. Number three, celebrate. God has arranged testing and trials to make you more like Jesus. Now, to be very honest with you, if I was directing my life, um, 
I'm not going to choose this pattern. I'm not going to choose this pattern. Celebrate. God has arranged testing and trials to make you more like Jesus. Look at James. Your brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. In other words, celebrate. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? When God brings a trial, I'm supposed to celebrate? Yes. Why? Because God knows how to mature me. He allows things to come into my life. Look at verse 3. For when your faith is tested, by the way, just remember this. You'll hear me say it many times over the next few years. Faith that is not tested can't be trusted. Faith that is not tested can't be trusted. Notice he says, For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. That's what God's doing in my life. Because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And when this persecution comes, it makes me strong. See, Paul many times made plans. You and I need to make plans. We involve God in them. He made plans. But quite often, God changed his plans. And he didn't do what Paul wanted. Now, how did Paul react? (laughs) No. Paul said, no big deal. I go with God. Remember once Paul said, I have this thorn in the flesh. And there's all kind of debate about what that is. So he prayed to God to take it away three times. You know what God's answer was? No. My grace is sufficient for you. How did Paul act? (laughs) No. He said, it's okay. He'd learned that what God was doing in him was greater than what he could kind of plan and work for his own life. Trust him. We sang a song about that today. Celebrate this morning when you're in the middle of a trial. Maybe you're in one right now today. You're in trouble. I just want to remind you that God's at work in you. And he will make you strong and bold as we change the world for him. Number four, turn back with him to Matthew chapter 16, if you will. Matthew chapter 16. You were there. We get the second hindrance to following him. The first was, I don't want to let go of my life. In Matthew 16, Jesus says it like this, verse 26. What good will it be for a man... If he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul. Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Our fourth celebrate this morning is this one. Celebrate. Learning to be content brings a rewarding lifestyle. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, here's a hindrance. You have in you, all of us have it this morning, this desire, this, this temptation of accumulating stuff and money and possessions and power. Notice what Jesus says in that verse 26. He says, it's irrational. This is stupid. Let's say I spend my whole life trying to get the whole world, to own the whole world. Power, number one, number one in the world. Got everything. By the way, it can't happen. But let's say I achieved it. Jesus says the next thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to die at some point. And you're going to leave it all behind. Every single bit of it you leave behind. And then you go to eternity without a relationship with God. Jesus, what good is it? That's irrational. Doesn't even make common sense. Well, how do I diffuse that drive? By the way, having stuff isn't bad. 
The Bible tells us that he gives us all things richly to enjoy. Well, how do I diffuse that drive to be rich and to make money and to be powerful and to learn? How do I do it? One word, contentment. Paul says this in Philippians. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to get along happily whether I have much or little. Notice, when you became a Christian and put on Christ, that didn't come to you automatic. Paul said, I've learned. Well, how did he learn to get along with nothing? Because he lived with nothing. We'll have a hard time with that because we don't live with nothing. That's why I encourage you to go on a missionary trip because you'll kind of live with nothing as you go there. So he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. See, the older I get, the more I understand this. I can be content. I know God's plan for me and for us is good. You see, as you think about all of that happening in your life, It's no problem. Just relax. Allow God to change your life. The older I get, the more I know I don't have to be anxious. I can just be content. You know where I really learned that? There's been lots of times of celebration in my life, many. I remember passing the pharmacy exams, the state boards, three days of state boards back in 66. And when I got the news that I passed, Did this boy celebrate? Yes. And then I found out when I moved to Florida, I had to take him again because they didn't reciprocate. And I celebrated twice. I celebrated, Linda and I did on our honeymoon. We flew from Michigan down here. That was a blessing in itself. Drove a little Volkswagen around for three weeks. It was incredible. But you know where I learned to be content? I don't have it all down, but I'm working pretty good at it. When I woke up eight and a half years ago after having open heart surgery, When I woke up, I knew that God wasn't finished with me yet. See, I was ready to go. I didn't know what would happen on the table. But I knew that he had plans for me. God has plans for you. Doesn't matter what happens in life. Doesn't matter when you die. You just get in the center of his will and go for it. All kind of trouble will come, but he's building your character. And as he does that, you're going to have to learn not to just run to and fro and be crazy. Paul said, I've learned to be content whether I had lots or nothing. That's why I can celebrate. It has nothing to do with the lots or nothing. What I have is the assurance that when I die, I'm going to heaven. That's worth everything. Turn with me to Acts 5 quick. We're going to take a little quick tour. I want you to see in the early church how these principles worked out. How these principles actually worked out. When you get to Acts chapter 5, scoot on down to verse 29. Let me give you a little uh, introduction of what's happening. The disciples have, the apostles have taken it to the streets. They're ministering. Their lives are being changed. People's lives are being changed. People are coming to Christ. People are healed. The Jewish religious leaders hate it. They're jealous. They have all of the apostles arrested. They put them in jail. That night an angel comes and lets them all out. And the angel says this to them, tomorrow morning, take it back to the streets. 
take the message of Jesus back to the streets. So they're not fearful. They actually do that. The very next morning, these apostles who had been in jail the night before take it to the streets. They're witnessing. The Jewish leaders send to the jailer to bring the guys here. The jailer says, they're not here. What do you mean they're not here? Well, they're gone. The the cells are empty. Somebody else comes and says, I wish I was here. Somebody else comes and says to the Jewish leaders, they're on the streets again. So they go get them, and they say to them in this confrontation, do not talk about Jesus Christ. Cut it out. Look at verse 29. Peter and the other, uh, the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. That's a picture of celebration. Why? Remember our first celebration? It's no longer about you. It's about doing God's will. Now, they probably would have said the night before, if the angel said, you're free, they went, Phew. Let's go somewhere else. This is crazy. But the angel said, no, 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 no. God's will for you tomorrow is go back to the same place and talk again. You get on the streets and talk about me. So they do. When they're confronted, they go, hey, we're not answering to you. We're answering to God. And as they do that, they fulfill it. And by the way, they celebrate. Well, in the next two or three verses, Peter gives this incredible uh, witness about Jesus' burial, death, resurrection. Look in verse 33. The Jewish leaders, when they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. And then he addressed them. So the apostles are put outside. He says, men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Thudius appeared, claiming to be a somebody. By the way, if you think you're a somebody, you're a nobody. He claimed to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied around him. Well, he was killed, and all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. So what is this, what is this wise Pharisee doing? He's saying this. You know, there's Jesus with his followers. We've seen this before. What are you getting so upset about? Here's a guy who came, had 400 rulers, uh, leaders, uh, workers. He became the leader, and when he died, the whole thing what? Came to nothing. He says, he goes on, here's case number two. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and all his followers were scattered. In other words, it came to nothing. He says this, therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But it's from God. If it is, you will not be able to stop these men. You'll only find yourself fighting against God. Now, why can I celebrate there? Why could the apostles celebrate there? That was great wisdom. Why could they celebrate? Because of this. When Jesus came, all you saw was two leaders of bands of men that came and they died and everything went to nothing. Did Peter and the apostles, did they have a leader that died? Did they? Yeah, who was that? Jesus. But there's one difference. Three days later, he rose. And then Jesus said this, the gates of hell will never defeat the church. As Christians, sometimes we can struggle to live what one might call a fulfilling lifestyle. But in today's message, Pastor Mark challenged us to think of the many reasons we have to celebrate what God has done and is doing in our lives. God never leaves us, but is at work in our lives constantly. Also, trials rather than negative things are opportunities for us to grow more like Christ. Are you content in Him? Are you living the fulfilling life? Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Trials are difficult for any of us to grow through, but we can celebrate knowing that they're not purposeless. God has ordained them for the purpose of making us more like Jesus. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will continue giving us reasons to celebrate. Using the apostles and their rejoicing after being beaten and threatened as an example, he shows us that learning to be content in Christ is one secret to living the fulfilling life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is given